welcome to Generation Ag, a podcast for the future of agriculture. I'm Kayla. And I'm Lavinia. And we're a couple of young Aggies passionate about celebrating our industry and sharing the stories of people who work in it. Hey guys, Lavinia here. Welcome back to another episode of Generation Ag. I haven't been on the mic doing an intro for a couple of weeks, but I just want to shout out to every single one of you guys who listens. And when you come up and see us at events or um, just around, it is the coolest thing ever. And I was uh, in Cottesloe the other day and I saw someone's you had the Generation Ag sticker and I didn't know whose ute it was. And it was the coolest moment ever. So Guys, this is just a shout out to you. All of you who listen, you are the reason that this podcast continues to grow and we appreciate you so much. And I think if you love this podcast and you love what we're trying to do, please share it on your Instagram story or with your friends. Uh, It's really important for us to continue to grow like we're growing because then we get some awesome opportunities. With that, let's get into today's guest. Josie is the founder of Ability Agriculture. Originally from Kempsey, New South Wales, she works in crop research. Her dad has been in a wheelchair since she was five years old and she noticed uh, that there wasn't anything particularly giving a voice to people with disabilities in agriculture. So after chatting with her dad, she provided a platform that's able to share to the agricultural industry stories of people with disabilities as well as information. So that's what she aims to do with Ability Agriculture. It's an online group to share stories, create a community for not only rural Australians, but people who have disabilities, physical or intellectual, but also for carers, family members, health professionals, agribusinesses or anyone else in making innovation in agriculture more accessible. She looks forward to shining a light on some inspirational Aussies and giving them a voice to those with disabilities that want to create more of a future that's inclusive for the agricultural industry. Josie was so beautiful and it was lovely to chat with her and I think that this is such an important conversation. Uh, Also, we'll note disclaimer is that since we did record, it has been changed to Ability Agriculture. So you might hear me refer to it as Ability Ag, but it is Ability Agriculture. So let's get into the episode. Thanks, guys. Well, yeah, we can get into it. Easy. Very good. Let's do it. So, Josie, thank you so much for joining us on the Generation Ag podcast. I'm very excited. This is such an amazing topic to talk about. And I think what you're starting to do is brilliant. So before we talk about that, I'd love if you could tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Yeah, sure thing. Well, thanks for having me today. Um, I'm originally from the Mid-North Coast and I'm the youngest of four siblings and we're from a beef cattle farm um, near Kempsey, New South Wales. And yeah, that's where I went to school and did camp drafting and did pony club and did all the sports, netball, soccer and did life, surf life saving too because um, you know, we're, you know, have the best of both worlds, as Hannah Montana would say, we've got, you know, the farm and the beach 20 minutes away. So perfect location. Um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of my upbringing in a way um, where I grew up. So yeah. And can you tell me a little bit about your connection to agriculture or why agriculture is special to you? 
Yeah, sure thing. So, yeah, like I said, uh, my family, basically generational farmers, mostly beef cattle, bit of crops here and there and dairy farming as well. Um, but I myself actually work in crop research. So I work for the University of Sydney. Um, I've worked in drought research and at the moment I've just started my PhD. So looking at improving nitrogen use efficiency in um, maize and barley. So I'm doing a bit of modifying chloride transporters to nitrate transporters, which might bore someone to death, but I think it's really interesting. But I think yeah, you've that- had a lot of ears prick up. I don't I think everyone on this podcast will be like, we want you to talk about that now. <laughs> Guys, we're going in I'm a different like, direction, oh, but we'll have to get you back on after you've done that PhD, I think. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully I can um release a few secrets or something like that from my research. <laughs> See how it goes. Um, but yeah, I just love working in agriculture. I love animals too, but yeah, my profession is definitely in crop research, which I love. And I um, definitely love the whole movement of sustainable agriculture and finding, you know, innovative ways to improve um, ag definitely for the future. I think, you know, it's definitely coming. So yeah, that's kind of my connection to agriculture, I guess. And yeah, I've just always loved it. Love being outdoors and love getting to do field trials as well as like, you know, doing lab research and things like that. So yeah. <laughs> it's in the blood like it is for all of us. Now we're going to change direction because today we're going to talk about your organization that you've just started. I'd love for you to share your story for how it all started and um, growing up with your dad in a wheelchair. Yeah, sure thing. So um, my dad had an accident when I was five years old. He was in a truck accident and he became a paraplegic. And obviously that's a massive life change. It was a massive life change for me and my family. And being a kid growing up with, you know, a dad with a disability, I feel like me and my siblings definitely matured very quickly. And on the farm, we, you know, took on a lot of responsibilities and things like that, that a lot of kids probably wouldn't really have to. So um, in that way, you know, it was definitely a big life change. But I wouldn't say that my life's been, you know, disadvantaged or any different just because my dad's in a wheelchair. Um, we've had a pretty, you know, pretty good life. Um, dad still has taught me how to drive, how to change a tyre and all the oil and everything. Um, you know, we still got to go on holidays and things, you know. Um, and I guess in a way that... Um, sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we still got to go on, do like get involved in holidays and stuff, but obviously dad couldn't do certain things. But these days um, dad does sit skiing and things like that. My dad's a better skier than me, which is kind of sad because I'm terrible um, <laughs> and he's got into mountain biking. So I guess that's the thing. Like now a lot of things are uh, a lot more available um, than when, you know, dad had his accident when like nearly mm. 19 years ago. So yeah. a lot of things have kind of um improved and things like that but you know uh, I planted soybeans with dad just in December and you know I had to lift his fat bum up into the truck tractor (laughs) so um yeah he still you know can do a lot of things um and I don't think you know just because you know my dad has a disability I don't think it's a disadvantage especially um as a child you know being a daughter and things like that it hasn't you know it's definitely a life-changing experience but um 
I don't think that my life would be much different if my dad wasn't in a wheelchair, if that makes sense. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's quite interesting and probably maybe even a question for your mom, but the decision to stay on the farm yeah. and to continue to like, because it's definitely something that it would have changed how the routine of what you yeah. were doing on a daily basis. So, I mean, can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, um, I guess for us, like mum definitely was working full time a lot. Um, but on the farm, we had like little buggies and stuff for dad to get around and things like that. We're, we're not a, um, I wouldn't say we're a massive, like, you know, big production. We're just like a, you know, just with beef. So, um, yeah, and we're on a pretty flat land. So it's, it's all right. I wouldn't say too much really changed, obviously getting a bit of help here and there. Um, getting the cows in and doing some of those jobs but I have two older brothers so you know that really helped Um, but I wouldn't say like farm-wise too much changed too much just obviously yeah my dad was a we had a transport business before so that was the main thing and farming was also part of it but um, yeah I guess farm-wise I don't know I feel like there was changes but to me like I don't know like it wasn't extreme I don't Mm. like in my the way that I think about it like it wasn't extreme in a way that dad could still do some things obviously not but we had so much help to help us that you know I don't know how to explain it no I totally get what you're saying you're saying that it it still felt like normal for you just because and probably a lot was that having the support around you and people who you know help navigate things as well but it seems like there was not you don't obviously things change but you still seem like there's not been a lot of disadvantages or you don't feel like you've missed out or in any way you still feel like yeah. there's been you've had a I mean I don't normal there's no such thing as normal but you had yeah. a fairly uh, vibrant childhood and yeah, life exactly I know I think that's the thing like there's no such thing as a normal life but I think you know I just think in general like we've had a you know we've had a lot more privilege in that than compared to a lot of other people and for me, I kind of put it in perspective is that, you know, some people like their dad might not have survived the accident and some people don't have a dad or a father figure and things like that. And, and you know, just because dad's in a has a disability doesn't mean he wasn't a father figure and things like that. You know, like to me, he's a normal person. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he is a normal person. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and that's the thing. And I, I think that definitely goes to show about how strong a character you have, the fact that yeah. you, you know, you see the best out of a bad situation and people yeah. that always see the glass half full are people who are going to come out and be able to help change this world, which I think is what you're doing now. I'd love for you to talk about your new project that you've just taken on or just started, Ability yeah. Ag Australia. Can you talk to me about how this came about and everything really? Yeah, sure thing. So, I've had Ability Ag in my head for a little while now and that's just because I feel like there's not really a platform or a voice for people with disabilities in the ag industry. It's just, it's not really there. Um, And I wanted to create just a kind of common place where people could share stories of, hey, um, I've got this disability and these are the kind of innovations I've made or modifications I've done with machinery to get back on the farm and things like that. Um, and also to share the stories of like family members and stuff, because obviously there is quite a massive adjustment in people's lives. And I think it's good to share those stories because um, 
for someone who might have a new family member with a disability and things like that, it might be something positive for them to read and say, hey, look, we're not the only ones in this situation. But especially um, to connect with people in rural areas and things like that, you know, everyone's so spread out and it's kind of creating that online community that's not really, you know, available um, compared to like some support groups that might be in like regional areas or city areas that can obviously kind of have better contact and things like that. So, but I guess in general, it's like at the moment, it's just sharing people's stories um, and creating like a positive conversation about people with disabilities and agriculture. I think that's really important. And I think that there is a gap in the industry where there isn't this conversation really at all. And I think that's the thing, a lot of the responses that I've gotten so far is just how positive people have been and how they've said, wow, this is like, um, this has been needed. Like I've got so many positive emails and it's been amazing. Um, and it just kind of proves to me that like, yes, there is this gap and a lot of people have like, have seen it. And yeah, so I'm just glad that I was, I could do this. Um, Cause I, I feel like I wouldn't have been the only person with this idea and thinking that, you know, the ag industry needs some sort of platform to represent people um, with disabilities in agriculture. So, yeah. I think what you're doing is awesome. And uh, now one thing to know is this is very new I think you only started the Instagram was it two a week ago two it's, weeks ago it's like I think it's definitely two weeks because I just posted my second story yesterday so I'm trying to do like one week at a time so I'm not like insta spamming everyone like I'm like you know kind of still navigating that but I've got yeah just two weeks old but I've got so many like amazing emails already so I've got a few stories lined up already from people just like finding the page and like sending me an email to like say oh hey like you know I'd I'd like to share my story so it's the response has just been amazing so far so just getting the word out there more for people who might not have Instagram or Facebook um, I think would be great to get more people involved so yeah (laughs) yeah I, I pretty much jumped on the chance to talk to you because I think what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal and I think it's so needed and for us at Generation Ag we just want to help other young people create a platform and so I'm just so excited that you're able to share this story and also you know we can all nurture each other especially in something that hasn't had the resources and backing behind it and I'd love to know a little bit about what resources are available for rural people with disabilities because I feel like there's still not much if I'm well, going to be yeah, honest. Like, yeah. So like I asked my dad this question, I think for you, you guys, it would also be good to get someone on, on who is a rural person with a disability to kind of tell you about the gaps um, for them, because obviously you have the NDIS, but my dad's on work cover. So that's also a different system itself. Um you know that you have access to all these different resources obviously with your health service and your health cover and all this stuff um but in general I was talking to a farmer down in Victoria for a good hour the other night um he was pretty cool to chat to but he yeah he's down in Victoria but he still has to travel to Melbourne to you know get to physio and all those services so you know, there's still that gap in providing specialist services for people in rural areas and there's a lot of travel still involved. So I think, you know, there's, it's always been a problem, I guess. It's always something you hear about that, you know, even if you're not a person with disability, if you have another health issue, a lot of the time you do have to travel to, um, you know, cities to go and get that specialist help, which, you know, it would be great if there was some sort of service that could kind of cater to that. But, you know, 
it's really hard but I think that's the thing I guess me myself you know I haven't had to try and find these resources so it's kind of hard for me to comment on where things are and whatnot um but yeah I think just having this platform where you're just saying I'm going to share stories in the beginning it's just starting that conversation because I guess just asking that question and us having a conversation about it, although neither of us are experts with that understanding, you talking to different people is probably the best way to understand where those resources are and creating that awareness around the story. And then we can start to ask questions to the right people to help get the resources in those regions because it's so important. And we're in 2021 now, like there's not really any excuse anymore. No, exactly. Yeah, definitely. I think like another thing that um, with people contacting me, another thing, big thing that's been caught, like brought up, sorry, brought up is that, um, you know, a lot of these services that are based in the cities, you don't really have someone working in the outreach that has had an ag background and can't really understand because obviously the adjustments you'll make for someone who's from the city and things like that are going to be completely different to someone who's from an ag industry and wants to get back into their normal life um, in the ag industry. Like, you know, there's these adjustments and these services aren't really, I guess, catering to that at the moment. I think that's some of the feedback that I've gotten is that it's very hard to communicate with someone and explain to someone who doesn't have an understanding of the ag industry of like, oh, I need these modifications or I'd like to do this. And they're like, well, that's not available for other people because they're normally like based around people in, you know, built up areas and things like that. So I think that's another thing is maybe trying to integrate into these, you know, resources, some sort of ag background or something like that as well, or some type of understanding of the industry, I guess. (laughs) No, that's really, really important. I totally agree with you. I think it's that um, being clear on our end as ag people about what we need, but maybe it's also finding someone within the ag industry who understands and getting them on board to maybe help out a little bit. I'd love to know from your perspective why there is such a stigma around disabilities in the ag industry. And I mean, you highlighted that you still felt like you had such a, you know, normal in quotations childhood why why do we still have such a stigma around it yeah so I wouldn't say directly like that I don't think there's a negativity for people who with disabilities in the ag industry I just honestly don't think it's at the forefront of people's minds at the moment um when you talk about the ag industry like it's obviously just not there and that's something I want to change obviously to create this conversation and bring up this thing for the industry but in general as well I think it's just swept under the rug and sometimes put in the too hard basket and that's because the industry is just not really adapted for being more inclusive with people with disabilities at the moment Um, and you know I've come across a few stories where people are fully qualified for, for jobs they have an ag degree and things like that and they've been rejected so many times and it's more than likely because they have disability even though that's not explicitly said um and you know you can imagine you being turned down so many times for an industry that you want to work with you would start to think well maybe this industry isn't really you know inclusive for disability people maybe I need to try and like look for some somewhere else so Mm -hmm. you know I think that's um something the industry kind of needs to work on is you know becoming more inclusive and maybe if there is some sort of initiative to kind of provide a training program or a workshop for businesses that say, hey, you know what, actually 
I want to ask how can we be more inclusive for people with disabilities because I think it's really important to remember that just because someone has a disability doesn't mean that they're capable of doing a task or a job Um, and I think that I don't know if that's because they're not you know they haven't adapted their business um, that they are too afraid to kind of employ someone with a disability because they're not quite sure how to handle it. Um, but I've come across Sunpork um, has an autism agricultural program. They've been running it actually for a few years now. And they're just a really good example of like a business making a change in the ag industry. Um, and they basically just adjusted their recruitment process um, and also trained their existing staff about, you know, autism and made it a really positive work environment and adapted a few things. And they employ um, people with autism. And I think it's, it's amazing. And I think that's something they're really trying to push as well as to say, like, look, if we can do it, maybe some other businesses can look at us and be inspired as well. So I think, you know, that's evidence of saying, like, the ag industry isn't trying at all, but I just don't think it's at the forefront. Um, definitely. I think that's, yeah, definitely working on inclusivity would be a, a massive thing for the ag industry um, because, you know, just even going to like ag quip and rural shows and stuff like that, you don't ever see a stall to be like, you know, showing something to do with like um, disability and agriculture. There's, I've never, like no. I haven't personally come across one. No. Like have you? No, no, no way. You know? And that's something something so simple that you could do to start a conversation at the show and show people that, you know, that they might have a family member or they might be the person with disability and they would want to come up and talk and chat to people and things like that. I think, you know, it's something that is so simple, like in, in terms of shows, but obviously with business, there might be a few more things that need to happen, but it's something that can easily be started and something that should be, you know, worked on. So, yeah. A hundred percent. Oh gosh, there's so many golden nuggets there of things that I think you're going to be able to take off. But I think we are an industry we don't know what we don't know and we don't go and educate ourselves. And I think as well, the conversation with occupational health and safety and, you know, um, being uh, equipped on farms for all these sort of situations. I think now that that conversation is starting to come to the forefront, I think yeah. it's kind of the perfect pairing for you because it's they work hand in hand. So, um, yeah. yeah, like in Western Australia and Queensland now, they've got the manslaughter laws that are um, in place. So I think a lot of things like that will, will definitely start the conversation a little bit more. So it's pretty exciting for you. I think this is the perfect time to start getting out there. And hopefully you can be um, attending a lot of these uh, field days and shows and stuff to be able to be there and say you know this is a part of agriculture we need to have this conversation definitely and I think that's something like I want to do um, in the future is um, you know kind of maybe try and create a few ambassadors here and there that can go and do that kind of outreach as well for each state and maybe even create meet and greets or little workshops and stuff like that that could be for businesses but also for individuals and stuff like that I think like that's definitely something I, I want to, you know, get to in the future. I know I'm only two weeks in. I've got to probably hold the hold my reins a bit. Kayla and I at Generation Ag think the sky's the limit and put it out there into the universe because once you say it, it becomes a reality because you, people will help you get to where you need to go and I think a lot of people will see the value in this. Yeah, definitely. I'd love for you to share a story or two that you've been told about from the platform since you've begun. Obviously, I think you've probably been inundated in the last couple of weeks. But if there's a story or two that really stands out, I'd love for you to share them. Yeah, definitely. So um, the, one, the, share, the, sorry, the story I shared just yesterday was about 
Nick. Um, he's actually from WA, from your um, neck I know, I know who he is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. And he was actually one of the first people to email email me. And um, so what I do is I tend to send out a list of questions and I say, answer whatever you feel um, you're comfortable answering. And then I kind of summarize from that. And he, his, he sent me a good two pages. I had to condense a fair bit. <laughs> um, but he just has such a great message. So Nick um, lost his leg due to cancer when he was just 19. And, yeah, he said that, you know, he thought his, you know, chances of being a farmer or his career in farming were pretty much over. Um, but he said he soon realized that, there wasn't anything that he couldn't do. You know, he, he changed from a two-wheeler to a four-wheeler and stuff like that. Um, but he has had a multitude of jobs. He went yabby farming. He's done contracting. He does has done mustering and things like that. Um, and then he took over the family farm and had farmed it for 23 years and he only just retired the other year. But um, he said he's still doing mustering and things like that here and there. Um, and I think... Uh, a positive message that Nick really had to share was that, you know, watching a one-legged bloke get up in a um, tractor or a harvester might not be a pretty sight, but he said, once I'm in the in the tractor um, or the cab, he's as good as any other operator, and that's entirely true. He's, you know, you have the they have the ability to to do those things, and he just has that. You know, he had really good advice to share, and you know, to get back on the farm and keep a positive attitude and things like that. And I think that's a good message to share for someone who might be in a similar situation to Nick or if they're new to an injury and things like that I think you know that might be something really you know um good for someone to read who's looking for a bit of inspiration um he just has like a can-do attitude and he's he's a bit of a larrikin too so yeah that's Nick um that's a great story I love that one And uh, my first story was on Christy Banks and, yeah, she's a paraplegic and she just straps herself in into her saddle with some seatbelts they've stitched into the saddle and she does barrel racing and I actually found her on TikTok of all places. I was going to say you need to be on TikTok because TikTok is a place to blow up ag stories. Oh, it's insane. I I definitely follow a few funny um, ag creators on that platform. I get a good laugh. Um, and yeah yeah she has some amazing videos and I just sent a message to you know if she wanted to share um you know a little bit about herself and just you know how she does barrel racing and she actually has a really good um video on TikTok which shows how she gets on her horse so they've made a a hoist on the side of the um the horse float and it lifts her up and yeah you can see all that which is you know pretty cool and I think that's the thing is that um these people are pretty innovative I think that's the thing people from rural areas are already innovative we come up with a lot of contraptions so um sometimes you think oh how would I do that and yeah it's just amazing to see some of the the things that I've been sent pictures I'm like oh I wouldn't have even thought about that (laughs) (laughs) so true so true that's insane that's what I was gonna say yeah people in ag they're innovative if you tell them they can't create something they'll go and create it anyway That's the best thing. I mean, I know you've already touched on it, but I'd love to just know, like, big goals, big hopes for the future. What What are you hoping to really get out of Ability Ag? I think, um, I think just in general, create that conversation and get those voices heard for people who have a disability in agriculture. I think that's an important thing to start with, and you know, maintain that voice as well. Um, 
and yeah, again, in the future, if I can do a few things here and there, um, you know, definitely at the shows. And I do in the future, I do want to look at setting up a scholarship and donation program. Um, so because, good. Amazing. Yeah, just, to set up, I guess, for, you know, those special holidays um, or travel that might be needed to get to those services, um, but also for study, for not just for the individuals, but for family members and stuff. And that's just because, you know, my family was helped out so much by people that, you know, didn't necessarily have to, but they did. And that's kind of my way of giving back. And I guess you kind of understand all those extra costs that are involved and things like that. And so, yeah, it's something I definitely want to do. And whether I register as like a foundation or something like that, I'm not too sure, but I am looking into that. But, you know, that's definitely I want to give back to people, you know, because we've been given so much support, my family. So it's just my little way of saying, you know, thank you. And hopefully, you know, if I can you know, help someone, help someone's kid get to school and stuff like that. Something like less that they have to worry about and things like that. So, yeah. (laughs) Oh, you're a very special person. Honestly, I can tell how much passion you have and how much you are really going to change how ag people um, see physical and mental disabilities. So I think it's really exciting. Before you go, I want to know one last question. Um, if you have one piece of advice for a young person wanting to start their own thing, what would it be? That would be just to back yourself and have confidence. Um, every time I'm told, oh, I don't think that's possible or I don't think you could do that, I'm 10,000 times more determined to prove them wrong. <laughs> Same. And I think that's the thing. <laughs> you, you, have, like, I, you have to have that confidence in yourself and don't let those things kind of make you like you doubt yourself because you can do it. Um, And I think another thing as well is never be afraid to ask questions ever. Never think anything's a dumb question because, um, you know, I think that's the thing is that I'm so open to, you know, asking people questions and trying to find out more information and things like that. And that can help you a lot. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if that's good advice or not. but Yeah, that was quality (laughs) advice. I think a lot of people can relate to that, being told that you can't do something. It's like the biggest motivator to go and do it anyway. Yeah, definitely. Where can people find you if they want to find you? What what are your social handles? Share them for the audience. Yeah, so you can find um, Ability Ag Show on Instagram. It's I think even if you just type in Ability Ag, it will come up because there's no one else like it. So <laughs> one in um, a million. Yeah, so Ability underscore Ag underscore Show is the um, thing, and there's a Facebook group as well, um, which is Ability Ag Show as well. And awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for your time. Josie, you are an amazing person. You're going to do really good things with this, I can tell. Like, yeah, it's 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 heartwarming to have people like young people like you who are just you're gonna help change the future of ag. So it was a pleasure to have you on and it was great to help give you a little bit of a platform to reach more people today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Generation Ag. We hope you loved it. If you did, don't forget to visit our guest bios page on our website where you can get all of their contact information. 
And if you have an idea for another guest in the future or a story that you want to hear, you can get in touch with us via our email, which is hello at generationag.com.au. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at generation.ag. That's Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And if you've loved this episode as well, you can share it with your friends on your socials and make sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app and leave us a review because that all really helps as well. Thanks, guys. Bye.